Mr. Crypto Banker, can you hear me? I can. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. How are you doing today? Yeah, good. Thank you. Not too bad. Yeah, thanks for uh, bringing up the idea to do this space. I think it's going to be uh, uh, a good one. Yeah, I've been really looking forward to it. Um, obviously, when you said uh, to have a call, I thought, well, why not do a, a Twitter Spaces? This is actually my first uh, X Spaces. I've never listened to one or, or, or talked on one. So, yeah, really excited to uh, to be able to sort of speak and, and share some, some insights. I've watched, um, obviously, your videos on YouTube and they were really informative and insightful and I thought well actually yeah it would be be worthwhile having a conversation and obviously this is recorded so people can can listen to it um as and when they're, they're they're free but yeah I think there is some valuable information to be sort of shared uh between us today great yeah and if someone's listening and they don't know uh I run a YouTube channel called Crypto Canvas as well as this Twitter um and I've I've kind of dedicated that channel towards focusing on projects that are little known. You know, I could make videos mm -hmm. about Quant or Stellar or some of these yeah. also other awesome, amazing projects. But I just wanted to focus, you know, find my niche and, and bring to light some of these hidden gems. And so that's kind of how we connected is through my videos on Stronghold. And yeah. um, you, you, you're very knowledgeable about them. So what's, what's your background? Yeah, so my background, um, the reason I started my Twitter... Um, was really just to share the information in regards to Stronghold. Um, my actual professional background, I've been in uh, financial services or was uh, for just over a decade, uh, working with two of the sort of largest, um, I have to be quite careful in terms of sort of what I, what I share, but yeah, two, two of the, the, the largest uh, advisory uh, companies when it comes to um, sort of companies who trade or, or, or sort of... Uh, uh, achieve over a billion uh, dollars in, in revenue annually. Um, so my first sort of exposure uh, to financial markets um, and the banks and the large fun financial institutions um, started over a, a decade ago. I was five years in my first role, really advising the, the heads of uh, legal, so the general counsels, the heads of compliance and the heads of data privacy uh, globally in regards to uh, regulations, um, as well as sort of digital transformation, that sort of thing. Uh, and then in my most recent role, um, I was, again, uh, the, all the clients uh, were sort of the top 100 financial institutions. So like JP Morgan, for example, Goldman Sachs, Bank of America, uh, my two largest clients were Credit Suisse and uh, UBS. And that was really focused uh, on regulations within the different jurisdictions that they operate in. So giving them access to uh, the, the data that they need to, in inverted commas, stay compliant uh, and, and legally uh, operate within those areas. So uh, very much um, sort of uh, aware in, in terms of, of how these companies and organizations operate, uh, but also um, m with regards to crypto, uh, what happened was when I was in between those roles um, was just the start of COVID. And uh, that's what got my attention uh, to sort of directed it to crypto. Uh, originally, it was sort of, I think, what everyone goes into in terms of uh, Bitcoin. Uh, and then from that, I was like, hang on a minute, there are others. Um, and the language that was used was very much uh, correlated with the the conversations that I had in my in my my first role 
uh, within that sort of global uh, financial uh, reach. And so I uh, started to look into XRP and XLM. Um, and now, uh, as I say, all I hodl is, uh, is, is SHX. Um, I sort of see the, the, the true value within that. Um, and for me, I think this is probably the, you know, without saying it's financial advice, uh, it is the, 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 the best opportunity, I believe. Um, and obviously, we'll, we'll, we'll deep dive into that. But that, yeah, that's my, my background. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you have quite the pedigree. And um, it really qualifies you to kind of connect a lot of the dots as it relates to these blockchains that are moving into the banking sector. Myself, you know, I studied economics at you know, one of the biggest universities in the United States. But outside of that, you know, I'm just your classical crypto degen, just looking yeah. for the looking for the next hundred X and you know, I've I've put in my ten thousand hours and yeah. um I have settled on Stronghold as one of my few, you know, not financial advice as you said, but few potential hundred Xers, thousand Xers. I mean the connections are crazy. Uh like you mm. said like you said, we'll get into that. And so how did how did you stumble into um, Stronghold? Um, so I, it was around when was it? It was the beginning of twenty twenty one, and so I had looked in, into XLM and realized there was a whole network, uh, obviously behind it, of these certain coins on Stellar Expert, um, and some of them are obviously uh, massive uh, scams because um, it's you know anyone can create a coin. But there were a couple that stand that stood out, and as I say, when I started to look into uh, the relationship between Stronghold and IBM, for example, and then started to to really dig deep into it, I initially um, invested, um, and from that, since sort of, as I say, discovering it, it seems to have got uh, more and more. Um, to the point whereby, if you think of XRP and, and RippleNet, StrongholdNet is is really very similar, and obviously Ripple are, 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 are sort of uh, strategic investors uh, within Stronghold as a business. Um, you begin to realise that this is is very much designed, or seems to be designed, uh, for the small business market. Obviously, XRP and, and Ripple are, are, are very much um, pushing sort of the cross border payments for large institutional clients, whereas um, what happens when, you know, and again, XLM, for example, they're working with the likes of CBDCs, uh, for, for example, the Ukraine, um, they've, they've, they've built the CBDC for them. Um, but what happens where these, these smaller businesses, how do they access, you know, the, the new financial system that's coming into play? And really what I can see is that Stronghold is very much filling uh, a very specific gap within that market because when you come into crypto and you look at sort of the the big blockchains, they all want to sort of compete with already very established businesses and very established institutions. And when we're talking about, say, for example, you know, a a new blockchain and, and when we're talking about existing uh, financial companies and institutions they're very much linked to, to to governments i mean we're talking about the same animal i worked in the city of london um as i say just just for over a decade um and the city of london for example is actually a city within a city so not many people know this but the reason why the highest concentration of banking headquarters sits within canary wharf um is because the city of london is its own entity 
uh, within the United Kingdom in 1066, in the uh, 1067, sorry, uh, William the Conqueror, he couldn't actually uh, defeat the city of London. He couldn't conquer that. And so he said, you can have it to yourself. So the city of London has its own army, its own police force, um, and it has its own rules. It also has a representative which isn't um, voted in. Uh, that sits within the, the Houses of Parliament that reports back to the Corporation of London uh, and, and how the sort of decisions that have been made in British Parliament then affect um, their, their business. And, and very much so, uh, as, as I say, the, 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 the petrodollar was created to, to really drive uh, all of that revenue and all that sort of tax evasion um, and funnel it through the City of London using the remnants of the empire um, which are sort of 15 islands, seven are fully bona fide tax havens. And so, as I say, my point on this is that really when you're talking about, you know, these new blockchain companies and they're going to take over cross-border payments, they have to have a strong correlation and a strong relationship with governments uh, and existing uh, financial companies and institutions to ever be successful. Uh, and I think that with Stronghold, as I say, um, they have those relationships. They have the connection to Ripple. They also have the connection to XLM as well, and Stella uh, and Jed Bukela, um, who coincidentally didn't um, actually get 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 pulled into that current lawsuit, uh, ongoing lawsuit uh, with with Ripple Labs. So I think they have the connections there. And also what they're doing is they have an established business and they've built that from the ground upwards. So um, I think we have a, we've discussed a document from sort of 2018 that had 25,000 uh, customers, institutional customers on it. And now Tammy Camp is saying that, you know, we have over 100,000. Um, there's very much talk uh, within obviously the crypto space uh, in regards to flipping the switch and, and, and XRP, for example, you know, that flip of the switch moment. Um, and that's in regards to RippleNet. But I think that there is probably suggestively a flip of the switch moment when it comes to SHX because you have them doing some very large things that are recognized from very established existing institutions, uh, which mean that really what they're waiting for, and if you look into their investors, for example, and their strategic partners, they're waiting um, for a, a moment in which regulatory clarity comes. And when that happens, it's not going to be a case of, well, we're going to go after uh, an existing institution and show them how to make it better. They already have the existing client base anyway. So really what they're doing, it seems to me, um, is they're not pushing it too much. They're not getting involved in the Coinbase's or Binance's of the world. The reason why um, is because obviously they're being investigated, they're being sued constantly. Um, and until this happens whereby we have this clear uh, regulatory framework, which again, they're very conscious of. They, if you look at sort of their associations um, and what they're doing um, behind the scenes, they're trying to be as compliant as possible within a world that doesn't have clear um, clarity when it comes to compliance. So as I say, I do think there will be some sort of uh, flip of the switch moment with stronghold net um, and you will see it being pushed out into these sort of tier one exchanges at the moment it doesn't really affect their business model they're not here to sort of uh, you know sort of a pump and dump or, or make people sort of millionaires overnight or whatever it is um, until that they, they are very um, confident to operate within the market and also bring sort of as i say these small businesses into uh, an ecosystem that is and a new financial system which is very much 
um, probably quite daunting and quite scary. And so if you look at the te- technological capabilities of, of Stronghold as a business, um, having the, the APIs and things like that, that allows businesses and small businesses to very seem, you know, move very smoothly and quite confidently to uh, a new operating system within, you know, their financial reporting uh, and and the way in which they, you know, recognize revenue and take revenue. But it allows them to confidently move into that space. So that's what um, that's sort of my initial thoughts on on, on Stronghold and, and and SHX and Stronghold Net. Well said. And as we know, Stronghold's first client ever was IBM. And from my research, 97% of the banks worldwide use IBM technology. So they've already kind of built the right connections, you know, shaken the right hands and have positioned themselves for the regulations like you're talking about. Now, my question to you is when you say they're waiting for the green light, the flip of the switch, and that is regulations, um, where do you see those regulations coming? Like the United States? Are you talking about um, Europe? Or what kind of jurisdiction are you talking about for that flip of the switch? Um, well, the the uh, the only sort of the, the main focus is is the US. And I think it always will be. People speak about, you know, the demise of the dollar and the, the, the sort of how the, the dollar is going to zero. But um, it is it is waiting upon. And that's why everyone is focused in regards to, you know, the SEC and, and, and Gary Gensler. Um, really sort of being potentially pushed out of that position and, and that regulatory clarity coming. Um, if you look at Stronghold as a business, although the financial arm of the business is, is quite uh, strategically placed within New Zealand, which has always been quite notorious in regards to being friendly to um, regulation and being able to sit down with, with rulemakers and, and have an open conversation, which you don't seem to appear to, 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 to have that in, in the US. I think that Stronghold being uh, based in Silicon Valley uh, means that um, it's very much, and, and if you look at the investors as well, you know, Bangkok, you know, Circle, IBM, these are all US businesses, Ripple as well, Ripple Labs, they're waiting again, you know, for, the, Ripple Ads are, Labs are a, uh, you know, a strategic investor within that. And if you have a strategic investor who's being sued or investigated by the SEC, you're not going to start to push this out. Um, you're going to build the foundations. You're going to make sure that you're as compliant as possible uh, within a, a non-compliant world. And and as I say, I think it's it's very much on the US. We see other parts of, of the world very much welcoming blockchain uh, and crypto innovation, uh, whereas, you know, the, the US, as we all know, is, is stifled uh, by this sort of, um, I think, coerced um, campaign to to stifle it to a point until the likes of BlackRock, Vanguard uh, and various other very established organizations can then really control the the narrative even more than they already do. So I think that's what they're waiting for. Powerful. And so one of the biggest questions that everybody asks when it comes to Stronghold is only 5% of the token is circulating. What, what's your response to that concern? It's a very good question. Um, obviously, when you see 100 billion uh, as a max supply and only 5.7 billion in circulation, uh, it starts to, to ring alarm bells, which um, if you are educated within crypto, um, it, it should do. Um, what I will say to that, and I, I've sort of looked into this um, quite extensively, is that we do have the, the, the Q4 governance vote coming in um, 
which does have that burn um, economics attached to it. So whereby when they are providing the DeFi finance, does a proportion um, of that that interest, uh, which is paid back to a contributor, does that get burned? And I think what you're going to see, like you saw with Stellar, uh, where they burned half of the tokens, is probably around a max supply of, of, of 25 billion. How they get to that, I'm not so sure. Not so sure. It might might even be um, a, a max circulating supply of uh, 12.5 billion. But that sort of fits in with the maths because XRP is 100 billion. You then have XLM at 50, and then to be sort of half of that, or XLM is is 25. Um, so I do think that you know as we start to see the progression within. Um, the regulatory flame, frameworks, which are, are, are sort of coming to light now, I do think that there will be a reduction in the max supply. Plus, um, they've taken it out of the roadmap, but the roadmap before had a very clear sort of uh, diagram, and it, it did go up to around 12.5 billion in circulation. And so when people start to think of that, they think, well, are, are these venture capitalists going to you know, dump on us or uh, are they going to sort of take their money and, and run if they are allocated coins? I don't think that's going to be the case because what we would be then dealing with is very much uh, a very functioning uh, network of all these very large top venture capitalist businesses feeding into the system. And it doesn't make sense for them to sort of uh, cash in and run away. Um, previously, obviously, on on on, uh, <laughs> on 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 many many tokens, that might have been the case. But uh, I I do believe that when we see that that involvement and those contributors to Stronghold Net um, live and really using that platform to, as I say, be involved in 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 this new financial system. I do believe that, uh, that 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 max supply will will be reduced, and so it also, if you flip it round, you know, five point seven. Well, that's fantastic. If in a bull run, I've seen coins go to, you know, um, multi billions of of dollars in in weeks or months. So, if we look at, say, for example, the the, the price action on on Stronghold previously, it it's very much in a in in a in a position whereby. It doesn't need that much um, to 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 really um, go to five hundred million, one billion, whatever it is, quite quickly. Well said. And as far as I know, they've kind of had they have a, a built-in mechanism, right, to hold on to the token because it gives you governance over the platform, and so. I kind of see this in the long run being a, a sort of decentralized ACH network in which the VC firms will have and all the participants will have an interest in making sure they have, you know, some percentage of control over that network. And so that's kind of what um, I fall back on in regards to the, the the idea that the VC firms are going to dump on us is the massive incentive they have to hold the token. A hundred percent. And also, you know, like like you mentioned, uh, there are going to be pools in which people can contribute. So their their DeFi uh, merchant um, program 
in terms of financing, um, again, you've got the governance vote where it will be fully, the, the actual stronghold net itself will be uh, fully governed by SHX holders in terms of voting power. And obviously, the more SHX you have, the the, the more power you have in, in regards to those votes, the move from oracles to actual, you know, full decentralization, but also that incentive whereby you are going to be able to potentially lock your SHX up and contribute to those DeFi programs and earn a percentage back as well as if the governance vote in Q4 goes through to burn a percentage uh, of that fee, uh, then you will see both a reduction in regards to the max supply, but also that incentive for people to really keep their SHX uh, and have real-world utility uh, on that token. Um, I mean, you know, they have the the hook that most tokens store value and SHX creates it. But when you actually look at it, it's very rare that you have a blockchain whereby the currency is actually being used within real world purposes. Like this, this, um, this is quite a, a rarity. As I say, most blockchains will start from scratch and they will then say, right, we're going to do this and we're going to take over and we're going to take this market percentage. Whereas having over a hundred thousand customers um and many of them already integrated within the system it just takes that that compliance uh piece to to have the the green light and from that then that will give people confidence and from that you're going to see potentially a, a flurry and a, a, an expansion in regards to massive interest uh, as a business you know how do i interact with ether how do i interact with xrp ledger how do i interact with xlm uh, and from my experience, um, you know, if you say, take this API, plug it in, we'll customize it to you. We've already white labeled it uh, and it takes three or four clicks. Then then that's what people will will, will do. Yeah. And essentially what you've just described is uh, what Peter Diamantes calls the interface moment, which is this moment when the underlying complexity of a technology becomes hidden, which allows the users to actually interface with the technology and the builders to actually build on top of it. And from my research, Stronghold is kind of positioning themselves as the interface of the financial blockchain um, services like XRP, uh, uh, Ledger, and the Stellar blockchain. Um, is that kind of a good analysis? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. And what was interesting as well, in the new roadmap, there wasn't any um, real sort of focus in regards to XRP ledger just appearing on there. Obviously, Ripple Labs have, have been a strategic investor since 2019 in Stronghold, uh, but that just appeared as well as the the UC, uh, US, sorry, uh, ACH uh, capabilities. And just on XLM as well, uh, I think a lot of people seem to overlook the fact that it, it does feed into these sort of wider um, geopolitical um, events that are happening. So, for example, you know the the the, the conflict in the Ukraine. Stella have built the, the CBDC for Ukraine. Um, as I say, Jed McCaleb wasn't involved in the uh, SEC uh, law case uh, mysteriously against against Ripple Labs, um, and that sort of believe sort of leads me um, to, to to potentially guess that when that conflict is over that Stella will pay a huge part in the rebuilding uh, of, of Ukraine. So there are all these, as I say, very interesting elements and, and you know, geopolitical um, 
events going on that are all then linked uh, to the rise of blockchain and to the um, the the sort of the, the innovation that that brings. Yeah, I mean, I have a theory of my own. I put on my tinfoil hat sometimes from time to time. And um, my theory is that everything that they say XRP is, uh, is actually XLM. I kind of see the narrative is constantly being pushed and leading people towards XRP when Stellar, in my own research, just keeps popping up everywhere time and time again. And um, I just see it actually being used where xrp just has a lot of red flags for me personally what do you what do you think about that um i used to be a very big advocate of xrp um i do believe that it it does hold value uh, and what they're doing um is is um is, is is kind of revolutionary but like you said it's strange to me that xlm doesn't have the same focus in terms of the crypto market, when I first um, sort of began my, my crypto journey, I was very much sort of XRP focused and, um, for example, uh, you know, listening to, to various YouTubes like the Burrible Ball, um, <laughs> sort of uh, listening to him on a daily basis and, and not really for, for what he was saying in terms of, you know, cent- centralization, you know, saying, oh, it's going to go to a thousand or ten thousand dollars really just the the information within those videos um but i I do believe there's going to be certain winners uh within within the space i just again i i sort of lean towards what you said because it just seems that especially stronghold for example they're going below the radar they're not really you know interested in terms of going into these sort of large marketplace and then having these massive price appreciations and it being very volatile and um, they're con they're kind of not really pushing too much um to be involved in that and uh you know you have connections with circle with with stronghold um and circle obviously circle usd that powers coinbase for example um if you look at sort of previous interviews with with, with tammy um she's very much connected to amazon ibm you know, the list goes on and you think to yourself, well, why are these people not not wanting to go on to tier one exchanges like Binance and Coinbase? Like surely they could if they if they wanted to. Um, and yeah, they, they, there's got to be a reason behind it. And I do fully um, agree with you in regards to the capabilities as well, like taking the code from XRP and then um, really customizing that for for retail payments and everyday payments as i say everyone says that you know xlm is is sort of the silver and xrp is the gold but i i think that in terms of real world utility and everyone using it then stella really much more fits that that the, the bill than than xrp yeah i'm always looking for what's hidden whatever's hidden is usually from my experience and my perspective, the most valuable. If anything they're trying to shove down my throat, um, you just got to look at it a second time. And so when I first got into crypto, I went down the same rabbit hole. Of, on my algorithm, it was just XRP, XRP, XRP. And I to get to first Stellar and then eventually Stronghold, I had to do my own research. Um, and so that just, you know, raises um, some concerns about the XRP token. Now, I do hold some just in case I'm wrong, but... 
Um, anything that's hidden and Stronghold is so bullish and it's so hidden. It's just, to me, that's just a perfect recipe for this is going to be something very special for the holders. And I do want to say anybody who's listening, if you do want to come on stage, just raise your hand. We can bring you up. Um, but yeah, crypto banker, is there anything else, um, you wanted to talk about? Um, I think we've, we've pretty much like, like covered, um, the, the majority of, of what we wanted to say. I think we're both very much aligned in regards to, uh, the potential that we see, uh, within this project. And why don't we I talk say, about, why don't we talk about the timeline of all this? Like, you know, obviously we're speculating here, but, um, when the next bull run is, when, when we could see stronghold come out of the shadows what are your thoughts okay. on this yeah yeah of course um a very good point so um you people are probably aware uh it, it's pinned to my uh twitter profile that um i believe that the beginning of the end started in in june 2023 so we're gonna see um i believe from my experience a a, a, a sort of a, a blow of top across all global markets um, up until around January, February of next year. Um, so my own personal opinion, not financial advice, but I see the global crypto market going to around 11 trillion, um, the, the Dow Jones around 43K, uh, the FTSE probably going to about 8.7, and the uh, SPX going to around 5.3K. Wow, that, that, is a, that is a controversial opinion right there, and... Um... What 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 leads you to think? What leads you to think that? I think that the the developments in regards to Bitcoin ETFs, the the things that are happening now, should have really uh, affected the markets more. Um, I believe that the the rise of AI and automation uh, will very much contribute as a reason. Um, to the manipulation of, of global financial markets. And if you think about it, the only people that are in the market at the moment isn't your everyday person. So a lot of everyday people are, are struggling to, to you know put the heating on, to pay the rent. They don't have the excess money to invest. Um, and so the way in which you get liquidity within the market is very much a case of, you know, rising the prices artificially, um, uh, which is which is the case. Uh, from that, having sort of those reasons of AI uh, and, you know, the recession's not happening, really sort of tricking the, the world into believing that we're in a stage of, of, of massive growth. And believe you and me that if people see that, then we all know that the, the retail will buy the top. And so, as I say, I just believe that, especially with these B Bitcoin ETFs, I believe that six of them will be approved by next Friday. Um, again, not financial advice, um, but Bitcoin will see a very astronomical growth uh, to around 87K, probably drop to 57 and then go to 157K. Now, if you're the average person and you're not educated in regards to how the world really works, and this is the key really, because there's certain types of people or groups within crypto and it's very obvious that the, the ones that know um, and have taken the time to to understand exactly how the the world really works um i think that the etfs are, are very much designed for uh exit liquidity um and an excuse for these um established 
financial institutions to to really be in this space now and when it drops it drops and then as i say i think the catalyst for that will be the conclusion of the the the, uh, the conflict in in the ukraine and with russia and uh, that will be used as the excuse well we didn't take all the liquidity out of the market you know this this is the the, the conclusion of a certain external factor um and in my experience uh, a lot of the uh the, the sort of the governments and and these uh, the institutions like to blame blame, blame Russia um, for for the uh, the yeah the faults of things. So um, I do believe that's that that's going to happen. I I don't I think after that I'm, I'm not too sure. Maybe we we, we go into a bear market um, for maybe I don't know two years. But I just think that when you have such a narrative being pushed by people saying oh we're in a we're in a bear market and wait till the bitcoin halving and all of these things a lot of people you know they they don't really know what they 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 they're speaking about and i just think that when you it's the opposite usually of what what you expect so i do, i do believe we live in an inverted reality and and i think that if everyone's saying that this is going to happen by this date, then you probably expect the opposite, and and usually that that, that does pan out as well as obviously <laughs> having a experience within within global markets as well, and and understanding exactly what this technology is and and the opportunity. But at the moment, at this stage, I do believe that, as I say, we're going to looking at the charts and everything like that, and the technical analysis for me uh, does indicate a, a blow off top on on all markets. Well, crypto banker, I definitely hope you're right. And uh, you have the pedigree to take, you know, for me to take what you say pretty seriously. Um, Thank you. And and you're correct. I mean, everybody, uh, one of my favorite YouTubers, I actually have a personal relationship with him. His name's Economic Ninja. He, um, him and, and basically a lot of the conscious, uh, I like to say, economists are massively bearish right now, um, you know predicting like you know one of the greatest crashes of all time this type of narrative yeah and what you said would caught, would catch everybody off guard and it really would um it would really yeah blow a lot of minds i mean I've, i haven't heard that perspective from literally anybody and i spend a lot of time listening you know researching what everybody's saying and so the fact that nobody else is saying it uh gives you actually more credibility to me. Yeah, so. I do think that there is going to be a, a, a massive crash, but but not after a blow-off top. <laughs> so yeah, there will be a, the, the crashes of all crashes, uh, and then it's that you know that that sort of the the slogan of build back better, um, and that's then the excuse to you know start to uh, really push the CBDCs out to the the general population and convince them that this is the uh, the answer to all of their problems. Um, as I say, the only way to to sort of uh, manage and and uh, transition that change uh, within global. Um, opinion uh, of the everyday person is to 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 have uh, create order through 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 chaos out of chaos absolutely absolutely you're, you're spot on with that and i believe uh blockchain wallets these cryptographic digital identities is going to be like the new email address what the email address was in web 2 is what these blockchain wallets are going to be in web 3 um, and if we really think about what AI is doing to the Internet, it is going to break the Internet because eventually you will not be able to tell what is real and what is fake, whether it's phone calls, videos, text, everything. 
will be able to be faked by AI. And so the only solution to that problem is going to be these blockchain wallets. And so um, that's something I spent a lot of time researching because I believe whoever's providing those wallets, the network effect, the Metcalf's law value of whatever that's going to be is, is massive. And that's where Stronghold comes in because, you know, there's going to be these reward tokens in this new economy, these decentralized networks. And um, they're going to start, these tokens that are going to start popping up in these wallets that are going to be rolled out worldwide, the value of those tokens are going to be massive. And I see Stronghold positioning themselves as one of these, tokens that are going to be um rolled out eventually and i do think that narrative isn't going to happen until after some sort of major crisis in the financial world um the only question is whether that financial crisis happens before or after um the next run-up and, and so that's the big question yeah yeah 100 percent agree and um yeah, that's probably a conversation for another time in regards to the uh, the, the rise of AI and, um, and and where this really all is going over the next sort of 10, 15 years. Because like you said, um, everything will be able to be, be faked uh, to a point of um, being indistinguishable uh, from, from real. Um, and therefore, then how do you provide a, uh, a genuine transaction um, would probably be uh, in a in a chip uh, but yeah <laughs> that's probably a, a, a conversation for another time <laughs> absolutely well i've really enjoyed this conversation i hope we do this again um maybe we can talk about ai or anything that you'd like to and um yeah yeah thanks for coming on i really enjoyed sounds it. good yeah me too thank you very much yeah and is there any any uh any plugs that you want to do where can people find you is uh do you have anything else other than your twitter just on twitter at the moment um just just waiting for the blue tick um so yeah that should hopefully go through in the next couple of days uh but yeah i'm, ju I'm just on twitter um so you can catch me on twitter and uh, as i say just just share uh any like and share and, and repost is is very much appreciated yeah guys highly encourage you to call uh follow crypto banker shx on twitter amazing content thanks for everybody for listening see you next time thank you bye now cheers <laughs>